Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup. And my name is Shelby, also known as Sheacup. Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby or SheCup. I'm super excited for what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'm also here with my co-host, Austin. Yeah, and I'm Austin, otherwise known as Teacup. So we don't quite have a lore topic to unpack today, but we are still talking about Assassin's Creed. We will still talk about um, characters and all that kind of fun stuff. But we're kind of going to drop into some favorites or rankings, if you will. Is that right, Austin? That is correct. Okay. So we are going to be talking about this was inspired by an Ask Me Anything question presented to us in the Discord. Now, if you would like to submit us these questions, you can do so by subscribing to our Patreon with a tier two or higher, I believe. All right. So the general question was like, they wanted an NPC ranking and we love to do that. And that'll be a lot of fun. And we decided to kind of make it an episode because it was too much to put into one episode along with another lore topic. And so we've also adapted it a little bit. We're only going to be talking about AC1 through Assassin's Creed 3. Because those are the games that Shelby has played. I guess we can include a little bit of Origins in there too, since you've played that one. Yeah, when I was writing my answers, I was just including that one in my head. But none of my answers came from that one, so... All right. Well, that's... So we're going to be talking about a series of questions revolving around those games and everything. And so... For our first question, it's who's your favorite NPC from each game? So do you want to do all of us, all each of us answer all the games or we go game by game? I think we should go game by game. All right. So for Assassin's Creed 1, my favorite NPC is definitely 
Maria. Mm -hmm. You Don't only we? see her briefly at the end, and she is a Templar, but she very much pushes Altair in a lot of ways, and I enjoy her cutscene. Um, so this is kind of cheating, but she is my favorite too, um, but only because of Revelations and the content we get more info about her um, through that game. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like her a lot, and I like her in Revelation too. But she's not my favorite NPC in Revelation. Oh, no, me neither. No. Um, so for Assassin's Creed 2, I went first, so you go first. Um, my favorite NPC in Dragon Age, or in Dragon Age, oh my god, ah, Bioware on the brain from N7 Day to now. Anyway, um, my favorite NPC in Assassin's Creed 2 is Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo, it's a good one. I think that my favorite NPC is, has to be Bartolomeo. Mm. Uh, and so I'm specifically picking him for two because I think he's the funniest in two. I don't know. I go back and forth because his his quest in Brotherhood, where he's yelling all the curses at the French captain, is pretty funny to me. But I just think it's a classic scene where he's screaming for Bianca and then you see his... Bianca is a sword and you know maybe I'm just a sucker for people who have weapons named Bianca that's true if you are listening and you don't get that reference one of the most beloved characters in Dragon Age Barak Tethris also has a weapon named Bianca and that weapon is crossbow so I um also Bartolomeo was up there for me uh for sure but I'll talk more about him later all right so brotherhood for me, my favorite NPC in Brotherhood, you know, it's not that he's like actually my favorite, but I think I'm going to have to go with Machiavelli because I think that the conversations that he and Ezio had really kind of flesh out the Assassin's Creed and really show like what it means and how Ezio and Machiavelli have conflicting ideas, yet both are leaders in the Assassin Brotherhood. I definitely see what you mean. Um, I didn't personally like him very much in Brotherhood. I was very suspicious of him the whole time, even though I kind of like knew this is probably a red herring. This is probably not what's actually happening. It's probably an assumption. Um, but I still didn't love him very much. However, my favorite NPC in Brotherhood has to be Claudia. I mean, just the balls she has to pose as a brothel owner, sex worker, as a woman in the 1500s who not just is a woman from the 1500s but is a noble woman i mean by doing that she's destroying her entire reputation and really any chance that she has to have like a noble marriage and what she's kind of been raised um to to view as the proper thing for her to do for her life so i i have a lot of respect um for her to to make that stance and say, hey, no, I'm I'm going to stand with the assassins. And then we even get more of her, not quite her, but more of her doing that work in in Revelations. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Revelations speak of the devil. So my favorite 
NPC in this one is actually a heartbreaking answer because this because this person dies. Um, but I think Yusuf is for sure my favorite NPC. Just the way he's constantly roasting Ezio is hilarious to me. Like he's always like, oh, we do it better over here. What do you mean you don't have a grappling hook? Or what do you mean you don't have this thing? And it's just like, I appreciate you. Yeah, he's definitely up there. But I am a sucker for Sophia. And they might be one of my favorite couples in all the series. Two girls, one ship. Listen now, you need to talk about Ezio and Sophia. They might not get a romance scene, but they're precious and adorable. I just think that she, in so many ways, is the perfect woman for Ezio. And I think that she is not necessarily, like, mocking him in the same way that, you know, Yusef is or any other things. But she doesn't let him just say things and let it be easy. She has, she's very intelligent. She's constantly going to be pushing back against his ideology and question what he wants to do and is going to speak her own mind, which I think is a big deal in the 1600s. Do you think that she's a better romance for him than Christina? Yes, I do. Why? I think that now you haven't played all the Christina memories. No, I played most of them though. I think that Christina, while Ezio does love her, Christina is Ezio's love from before he was an assassin. Mm. And while they might, I don't think they're bad for each other. I don't think that they're toxic for each other or anything like that. I just don't think they're right for each other because, you know, Ezio moved on to this assassin world and everything. And Christina moved up on into the noble world and wanted to live that and live how noble women lived in the 1500s and everything. And I just think that's not where Ezio is. And nor Ezio could never give Christina the life that she wants. Right. And and if he did, it would have been a risk for her and, and for their potential children, too. But I very much see Christina as his first love, like his his high school sweetheart, almost, if that was a phrase back then. Um, so I, I think those are oftentimes people we look back fondly on um, and say, oh, yeah, I remember when I was young and naive and thought I knew everything. I, I, I think of it in the same way for him. Like uh, Sophia is she's very much an adult romance. Like there's they are under no impression that things will be easy for them. They know it'll be hard. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So now we've moved on to Assassin's Creed 3. And I got to tell you, this one was hard because, okay, so my list of all favorite NPCs from Assassin's Creed 3, 100% come from the Homestead missions. Mm, well, I've only done like two of those so far. I think you might have met this one, but my favorite is a tie between Miriam, the hunter, and Norris, the miner. Yeah, I've met, and, I think I've met both of them. Yeah, they are just very, very funny together. They are great little stories and fun little kind of different, like their quests 
are different pace from the rest of the game. And so it doesn't feel like, oh, here, I'm going to this thing to fetch then. And, you know, I have to give an honorable mention to uh, Prudence, who I don't know if you've met either. But she's, yeah, she's part of the farmers. And she's awesome. Those are good answers. And while you were talking, I had to be like, oh, yeah, how can I forget my favorite of all time for this game so far? I, I wrote down my answers. So that's why I'm like changing them on the fly a little bit. So I wrote that my favorite was Achilles and he, he, I love him very much. Um, Austin knows that I do tend to have a soft spot for old cranky men. I just think they're funny and want to be them. (laughs) So Achilles is up there for me, but I think that my actual favorite NPC is Zio, um, Connor's mom. I just love how she absolutely doesn't take Haytham's shit. Like she does not believe his Templar lies. She doesn't, um, she, she really doesn't even give him the time of day until he saves her, until he rescues her. And then she, I feel like she kind of is like, okay, well, I have to at least hear this white man out. Um, and so I, I love that she is not the like, stereotype of Pocahontas that we kind of often think of. Um, So I I love that about her. Um, I also really love that, like, she could have left their tribe with Haytham and left that life behind and raised Connor with him and raised him as a Templar. You know, she could have done that, but she didn't. Um, She stayed with her tribe and her culture and, and she gave that, that's a gift that she gave to Connor. And so I do appreciate um, her for that. And I'm just very sad that she uh, died so soon. I wanted more from her. And I think that, you know, Connor gets a lot of, lot a lot of flack for his kind of insolence and his naivete Mm -hmm. and I always argue that Connor's naivete is not he's not really being naive he's just refusing to accept that the world has to be how people are telling it is which maybe that is naive but I think there's a subtle difference between the two I don't disagree with that. Um, I think what I would respond to that with is that Connor is, I don't think it's, I I feel like he is very much still a teenager, at least in, in the, the part that I'm still playing him as like, he thinks that he knows more than Achilles because he thinks he knows more than everyone else because that's what teenagers do. No offense if you are a teenager and you're listening to this. And if you're mad at me for saying that, I promise you in like five or 10 years, you're going to look back on this moment and be like, yeah, I didn't know everything. And I say that from a place of working with teenagers for my whole career. Um, They just think they know everything thinking that they are invincible, thinking that they have all the knowledge that you could ever have in the world is a hallmark of adolescence. It just is clinically. And so I think that that's more where Connor is coming from rather than necessarily being naive or wanting to prove people wrong or anything else that people say about him. And so for that reason, I actually think Ubisoft has has portrayed that excellently. Um, yeah, it comes across annoying and kind of uh, one-dimensional at times, but I, I do think that he is an accurate portrayal of a teenager. But what I was going to say was about Zio. I think that he gets it from her. 
I think very much like Zio very much would have instilled in him a sense of the world says what you're doing is wrong when you know it's right. There, The problem is with the world, not you. And I think that's the lessons that she tried to instill in Connor when she raised him. And I think that his commitment to that ideology and clinging to that is his way of clinging to her. I think that's a very astute analysis that I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, that is, that's really deep. And I very much agree. I don't know if Connor would be able to articulate that, but I think from an outside perspective, that's what I interpret. Well, is now a good time for our mid-break? That's what I was thinking. So let's go. Perfect. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Makose! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! Malaka! 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 Even now, faced as I am with the truth of your cold words, I refuse, because I believe things can still change. I may never succeed. The assassins may struggle another thousand years in vain, but we will not stop. So the first thing I have to tell you is that the best way that you can support us is to do two things. The first thing is to join our Patreon. And at certain tiers, you can come join us on the show. You can have a one-on-one with us. You can submit Ask Me Anything questions once a month. You get early access to every episode and ad-free access to every episode. And you get to vote on patron uh, patron chat topics. So there are a ton of benefits um, to joining our Patreon more than just coming on the show or getting early access access. We've got so much stuff for you. So make sure you join that if you are able. And then the second best way to support us is via reviews. Um, So reviewing us tells other people that, hey, this is a good show. And that's a really good way to get the word out there, um, to get Spotify and Apple to recommend us and all kinds of things. So I do have one review to read today. And This one comes from BDP1994. Their subject line is awesome five stars. And they said, super fun podcast. I started playing Assassin's Creed two years ago with my first game being Odyssey. So this is a great way for me to catch up on all the lore I've missed. Love it so far. And I'm excited to make my way through the backlog. Smiley face. Also, you can tell it's mostly men who leave reviews because they only seem to criticize Shelby. Hmm, I wonder why. (laughs) Um, Thank you for the review. 
I yes. um, also appreciate your defense of me, even if that I don't need to be defended. It's okay. But I think this is a good time to talk about, we have had a few negative reviews on the show and they have criticized me. They don't like me and that's okay. If you don't like me, you don't have to listen to the show. Um, just giving you that opportunity now. You, you really don't have to. It's okay. There are a lot of other really awesome Assassin's Creed podcasts out there. And so definitely consume media that you like, you know, that's all. Um, but if you do like us, please leave us a rating and review and we'll read it on the show. And I do just want to interject here. I don't normally speak in the mid break, but I just want to interject a little bit on talking of some of the things that have been brought up in the reviews. And the first is that we are aware that our first couple episodes are rather quiet in their in their volume. We are working on getting them remastered. It was early in the podcast and we didn't know as much as we do now about audio mixing. So we're trying to get them up to quality with the other episodes. So if you want to skip ahead and come back to those episodes, we will have them hopefully soon remastered and ready to go. And so we are aware of that. The second thing is about a couple of criticisms that we've gotten in regards to an opinion on historical context of the games. And we never we did this with Dragon Age, but we never really laid out kind of the purpose of this podcast and what we are seeking to do. Because it's it is a lore cast, but we're not just here to read you verbatim lore from the wiki page. If you want that, you can go read the wiki page. We're here to also offer a kind of interpretation to theorize. Both of us have studied history and a lot of Assassin's Creed is wrapped up in church history, which both of us are very qualified to talk about. And so I just wanted to bring up that like, we're going to give our opinions on the historical context and we're going to give opinions on how this work of historical fiction holds up to actual history. And if that's not your jam, that's not your jam, but we're not going to stop doing that because that's part of the goal of the show. Thanks, Austin. Um, so yeah, if you enjoy our show, definitely leave us a review and we will read it out. Um, if it's accurate things to say anyway so uh the patron that we have to shout out is keith r thanks so much for being our patron and the other last and final thing that i have to tell you is that we're on discord we're on twitter definitely follow us on twitter if you have one um you can follow us at at ac lorecast um, but also come join our Discord servers. We have two. One, we are just a member of. We have a channel in the Robots Radio uh, Discord. We're part of the Rocket Club over there. You can pretty much find any podcast topic under the sun. So if you're bored on your drive to work or um, you have a job where you can listen to podcasts, go find some new ones. Um, and then the other Discord server is our Discord server. And that's the Cups Podcasting and More server. And it's my favorite place on the internet. I say that all the time. It is a really fun place to be. It's the official home of all of our shows. And we we genuinely just have a great time um, hanging out, sharing funny pictures and memes and just making all kinds of jokes. And if you do become part of the patron, uh, become a patron of ours, you'll get access to an extra special tier in the Discord. So definitely join us over there if you haven't already. It's a great time. 
And with that, I think that's everything that we have to talk about in the mid-break. Is that right, Austin? That is correct. Well, then let's get back to our questions. And I know I was really nice to you, but actually I'm just another Templar plot twist. And yes, I would like very much for you to be controlled by a magic space wizard so that you can murder me. I am not a father anymore. I am not a husband. I am not a Medjay. I am a heathen one. Yes. We are the hidden ones. Okay, so our next question is, which of these games, these five games, has been your favorite? I can go first. So I actually have two. You can't. You have to pick one. No, I have two, and I'm going to defend it. Okay. So when it comes to story, when it comes to how I feel it contributes to the greatest, like the greater Assassin's Creed narrative, my favorite is always going to go to Assassin's Creed 3, especially in light of the RPG series, because Assassin's Creed 3 really kind of sets up where the world is in the modern day story once we start with Origins. And so I think that's probably my favorite from a story perspective. From a game perspective of this is the game that I just enjoy playing, I'm going to have to go with Revelation. Okay. Revelation is up there for me. I really loved it. It, I think, has the best gameplay of all of the Ezio um, games. And I think it also has some really funny NPCs. But I have to say that my favorite of all of the games I've played so far has to be Brotherhood. I I loved so much about this story. I felt like it was a really natural continuation of two, but I also felt like we got so much more depth on some of the characters that we'd already seen, like Claudia, like Ezio even, like La Volpe, um, and, and others as well, Bartolomeo as well. I think that we just get more character development. And and as we know, I'm a sucker for character development. So I very much loved too. I also loved like building your army of assassins, which you can also do in Revelations, but I just liked it better in Brotherhood. I don't necessarily have like a specific reason or anything. I just liked it better in that game. Um, but I will say I'm very much enjoying three so far too, because American history is my jam. So I I really like that one as well. Who knows? I don't know if it will overtake any in the Ezio trilogy, but we'll see. Yeah. So I really, um, for revelation a little bit, I'm actually the opposite. I enjoy the assassin recruitment missions in revelation more than brotherhood because they're individualized and you get actual quest lines that come with mm-hmm. the assassins. And I I enjoy the Templar den defense kind of like tower siege thing. I know that probably wasn't your jam, but yeah. I enjoy it. Not at all. Uh, I hated that. And I just really enjoyed Brother Brother or Revelations combat seems very, very smooth. And it like at each game from one to revelation the combat has gotten less and less clunky but revelation i think is where it hits its peak with just the reaction time and you feel it's intuitive to how you react to combat in the system and i just really enjoy that 
Yeah, I, I I do agree with you. I really, really enjoyed um, that they all, that the assassins you can recruit all have individualized stories. And maybe that's a really good follow-up episode to this episode, Austin. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So our next question is, what has been your favorite game mechanic? I have an answer for this one. Like straight up off the bat, 100%. Didn't even have to think about this. My favorite game mechanic is being able to whistle and draw those guards right to your spot and assassinate them without getting caught. That has been my favorite. I love that. It's just really funny. It's just really funny. Why? Because. Because they're going to take it away. No, the whistle stays for most of the games. Then what's so funny? Just that it gets, you love the whistle at its most simple version. What's wrong with that? I'm a simplistic gal. What can I say? So my favorite game mechanic from these games goes to Revelation for the counter steal and counter shoot ability. I did like the counter shoot ability. That That is also a good one. And I just... The fact that you could do it where, you know, if you're, I loved, and I love the ability, I want them to bring back the hook blade because I love to be able to run and leap over someone like an assassin would be able to do. Yes. I'm, I was really, really disappointed to learn that the hook blade is not in any of the other games. Like, yeah, that seems like an oversight. It will be interesting to see if anything like that comes back, especially since we're in kind of the sim, not quite the similar, but like just, you know, south of, you know, Constantinople and all of that for, mm-hmm. for um, Mirage. Mirage. So it'd be interesting what kind of gadgets we get in Mirage. Yeah. And I know it's not necessarily the same time period, but it's not that far off. It's a few centuries. Yeah. But um yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see if it's in the next game. It's the rock, right? Baghdad? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe yeah. No, I think that's right. Anyway, let's move on to the last question since we're running out of time. Yeah. Funniest moment. I have so many. I could not pick just one. Okay, well, I can go first because I have two and well, I probably will say two of yours. Why don't we alternate? Like you say one, I say one. So my first one, and I guarantee that this is going to be one, but Ezio the Minstrel, I straight up cackled through the entire thing. And all of him, when he's singing about Cesare and all (laughs) of that stuff and all of these, you know, Turks, I guess is what they actually are. um, All these people are just like, you are terrible. Your singing voice is terrible. (laughs) What is going on? Yeah, I also had that. It's so funny. Cackled the entire time. Yes, that one was pretty funny. Um, another one of my favorites is when um, Bartolomeo is just screaming at the French general, like cussing him up and down. Like, I don't give an F who you are. Like, hilarious. Absolutely loved that. And frankly, frankly, I would have been the exact same way. I don't care about your fancy titles. No, we're not doing this today. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. My favorite quote from that scene is, you have nothing between your legs. (laughs) It's just iconic all the way through. So you have one more? Um, Well, that was one, but another one. Oh, well, this isn't really 
Like it's not supposed to be funny, but I find it funny because it's like, ha ha, you're suffering and your life sucks. Kind of funny. And it's when Desmond is screaming at William. Yeah. And he's, it's one of our transition sounds actually. It is, yeah. Where he's basically just like, this is just another effing Templar plot twist. (laughs) And she only pretended to like me. I just... I laugh every time because it's just so situational and it's just like, yeah, you know, Desmond, let's get it out. You need therapy. You, you have every reason to just scream it out right now. You get it out, buddy. You deserve it. Um, I agree. But the other funniest moment that I wrote down is the, is another of our transition sounds and it's shoot, shoot the flying demon. Um, Mostly I find that funny because it took me like 18 tries to get that. And then it would reload and just do that every time. So now it's like burned into the back of my brain and I just, yeah, I just hear it. (laughs) I hear it in my dreams. (laughs) You do not. I do. Shoot, shut the fuck Why are you dreaming about that? Because when it took me so long to figure that out. Well, I'm glad I had you around to help me. All right, well, we're out of time. We are. Did you have any other things you wanted to add? No, I do not. Well, I want to give a big shout out to MK10 Gamer, who is the one that submitted this question to us. And it just kind of snowballed into this whole episode. So you get, I guess this episode is an answer, MK10. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us um, this suggestion. We appreciate it. And thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at Assassin's Creed Lorecast, or you could talk to us on Discord in the Robots Radio Discord or our personal Discord server. Both links found in this episode's descriptions. Thank you for listening, and always stay to the shadows to serve the light, Assassins. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere.